Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pikapi Podcast, your Pokemon anime podcast. And our goal here is to go through every episode of the series uh, in order as best we can. And since we've made it to advanced generation number 33, that means we're going to get a new character introduced. A new recurring character, I should say. We get characters of the day all the time. But we've arrived in Slateport City for May's first ever contest, and that means we're going to see her first contest rival. And unfortunately, Hoenn region is still kind of in that era of Pokemon where having a rival is very rarely a positive thing. <laughs> I, I have thoughts about Drew, and I'm going to try to temper them because I want to see looking at it as a whole, like, with a more objective eye than I was watching as it was airing, if my opinion changes a little. Because I do, as a character, like, from an outside perspective in an audience, like, he's a very interesting guy. He's very complex. He has a nice little arc. But he's not a nice dude. <laughs> at all. And going along with that, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, PokePress. Uh, Steven just put up a video on YouTube postulating... The characters of Drew and Harley, one of May's other male rivals in the Hoenn region, and how they may have possibly done some damage to the the game brand um, in contests. Because while we do get some more positive representations in Diamond and Pearl, for the entirety of Hoenn region, it's Drew and Harley as May's rivals and as the male representation for contest battles. And Steven's thought is that if you're a viewer watching contests and the only characters who look like you or who act like you are completely reprehensible human beings, you might feel like the show is saying that's not the place for you or feel that the, the show and the Pokemon franchise are looking down on you in some way. Which is a real problem that um, TV and game executives face all the time and and that's something that on this show gets talked about a bit more in relationship to the female characters, because those are the ones I notice, and <laughs> historically marginalized. But Stephen brings an interesting perspective that contests have not gotten quite the hype as gym battles in the Pokemon games. And in fact, we do not do them anymore. And there's definitely an image that the contests are for girls, which, now that he brings it up, may have led into the unfortunate situation with Serena and her career goals, and not a single dude present anywhere in that whole thing. <laughs> but it's definitely something to think about, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, and I'm sure that Steven would too. So if you have 
thoughts or you want to hear a bit more about this, uh, head on over to Poke Press on YouTube and watch that video. Start commenting and, and start a discussion in the forums. Did you have thoughts about Drew and Harley and the appeal of contests to males while you were watching or now that you're able to like look back over the past? Are you kind of noticing some trends that are not as awesome as you might have hoped? Or are your feelings completely the opposite? Definitely on this show, we're going to have a lot of time to get to know Drew and Harley. And as I said, I love them as characters. I'm sure it's going to be delightful. But Steven's not wrong in saying there are no positive male representations in uh, contests in the anime. At least none that have any weight. There was, like, Janet's buddy way back in that one episode, but that's it. So head on over to PokePress, though, and put in your two cents, or I'll also have a link to that video on my blog page. For now, let's get into the episode and meet this Drew that we've talked so much about without actually seeing. Today's episode, as I said, is Advanced Generation number 33. Now that's flower power. So, we are in Slateport City. We are ready to register for the Hoenn Contest Circuit. And this is something I want to pay attention to this time around because I don't feel I got a good sense of how contests as a system and the organization worked the first two or three times I threw this anime. Like, there was always something about it that was a little confusing. But this time I'm going to be paying attention. So, step one, May needs to register. If she wants to enter this contest, she needs to register. At present, May is ironically registered for gym battles in the Hoenn region, not contests. She needs to fix that. And she's got plenty of time. There's two weeks until the Slateport City contest, and the kids are already at the location. That's worlds better than some of Ash's squeaked-by deadlines. And May's confident that two weeks will be enough time to whip her Pokémon into shape. As long as she doesn't need to spend any more time on her opening spins. May's got some good ideas about performance. Like, she's got an idea of presentation and what looks cool to audiences and entertainment. Which is probably why contests appeal to her. It's, it's what got her hooked. Like, she does seem to have some natural sensibilities towards this and performing. Like, one of her hobbies is narrating her own life. Like, the girl's not lacking in creativity. But May's awkward, and maybe, like, if I were giving advice to myself, she'd be trying so hard on the tiny details. Like, not that they're not important, a good opening and first impression is vital, but compared to, say, the talent portion, like, Beautify's Gust Frisbee maneuver needs a lot of work. It's so strong and wild that the gang has to leave the lovely crowded beach to find an isolated cove just to practice. And good on Brock for actually going with the kids on this one. Like, that is devoted friendship there to leave the hordes of bikini-clad women to help your friend train. But yeah, training may needs. Beautifly's Gust needs some work. Silverwind is not exactly working well. Max and Brock advocate giving up on Silverwind for now. Ash advocates more training. If May wants something, she's got to be willing to work hard for it. And it wasn't so long ago that Ash was, like, training Iron Tail, like, with a 50% chance of being able to pull it off going into a gym battle. So, this is a situation he knows well. 
he urges May to keep going. So back to work. First, that gust. This time, Beautiful Eye controls the power and is able to send the Frisbees back nicely. May catches two of them, but a third goes sailing off past them, dead towards this green-haired kid leaning against a railing a level above them. It's gonna bean him in the head, but then he reaches out and catches it. Doesn't even open his eyes. This cat is cool, kids. Make no mistake. He's also rude. Loses all of his cool points in a second. He belittles May for her cheesy act with Beautifly. She and Beautifly have no style. Ah, now this. The moment of truth. All throughout Indigo and a chunk of Johto, we watched a rival be a total bully, and the best friends just sat back and let him rip, or else agreed with him and joined the dogpile. Has Brock learned anything, and more importantly, has Ash? Well, I'm proud to say that Ash says something. He and Max tell May not to listen to this kid, and Ash challenges him to show his own Pokemon and let them be critiqued. This kid, Drew, won't, and further tells them that this is a private beach reserved for those staying in a nearby resort, important people like him. And that does explain why this beach was isolated and the other one wasn't. The gang leaves in the end. Which leaves more room for Team Rocket, who is also entering this contest. Because, yes, Jessie and her dust ox are going to take the stage. It might not go as smoothly as they hope, though. Dust ox poison sting could use a little control. But both it and Jessie have enthusiasm. And meanwhile, Ash and May are having a practice contest battle. Two Pokemon that can fly, Beautifly against Talo. And Talo is the superior flyer, easily dodging Beautifly and then turning around for a counterattack. But Beautifly and May have actually been training. Beautifly pulls off a skin of its wing scales dodge and then manages a very sparkly string shot to ensnare Talo. Talo can escape, but before it can manage it, May calls for Gust, blowing the slightly compromised Talo away. And once Talo lands on the ground, this should be easy for me. A trapped target unable to fight back? But then she calls for Silverwind, and like before, it failed. So Talo has enough time to nod its way out of string shot and take to the sky again. One nice tackle and Beautifly is down. But the battle gets the attention of a middle-aged man who congratulates Ash on his attacks and assumes he's entering the contest. He's not, but May is, and the guy reminisces about his youth, his first contest, so full of nervous energy. He's come a long way since then. His name is Mr. Big. May hounds him for advice, like, hounds him, and, and he tells her the first advice for new coordinators is to stay calm. May's like, well, I've already lost. But she is able to self-reflect a little, like... She rushed a lot of her attacks in, in the past battles today, especially Silverwind, because she was nervous and scared, afraid that, like, she was gonna lose when Taylor got the edge. She gets easily flustered, does May. So that's something to consider for her future. During this time, all the other Pokémon have been napping. Like, like, they know this is gonna take a while. But Torchic suddenly wakes up sees a warehouse, and runs over because it's Torchic and it smells something, and half the time these Pokemon have the wisdom of five-year-olds. 
no need to tell anyone where I'm going. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, it's not like my trainer is going to want to head off somewhere in the near future and think I'm with the rest of the team and so leave me behind. Because that's what happens. May wants to learn everything she can from Mr. Big, and he's happy to share his knowledge and also share a few items like a Pokeblock case. And he's got some other cool stuff in his workshop. The kids go to check it out. Because what he makes is fireworks. What child could resist that? Team Rocket decides to follow as well. Like, maybe they can't steal it, but it is pretty cool. Really cool. This guy has managed to perfect fireworks so that they can explode in the pictures of Pokemon. That is difficult. Well done, sir. He's mastered shapes, but can't get the colors right. It's always something, isn't it? That just gets me, like, this guy has pulled off near-impossible tasks of physics, like, to get a firework to explode in a perfect shape. A perfect, complex shape, like, no less. But he can't figure out how to get to, like, burn in the correct colors. <laughs> anyway, he's got to show samples for the contest festival coming up, so he needs to get this done tonight. And then we find Torchuk. The warehouse that it found is a Mr. Big's firework shop, so at least the team's reunited. But Torchic's mouth is all black because it's been eating blackberries, a dark berry that has a very dark juice that can stain your mouth black. Torchic really likes them. And blueberries are good for Pokemon, so it's not a horrible thing for Torchic, but because of that staining quality, they're also good for dyeing and coloring things. And Mr. Big was planning to use them to add a nice hue to his fireworks. And now, that's not an option. Mr. Big takes it well, actually takes blame for it since he left the door open. Though Mae makes her Pokemon apologize, and rightfully so, for just wandering into people's spaces and eating food that wasn't theirs. And she decides that she and Torchic are going to get Mr. Big some new blueberries in time for his fireworks tonight. And Team Rocket is learning that blueberries are all kinds of valuable. Good for Pokemon, good for your hair, good for paints and colors. They should nab some for themselves and the boss. Giovanni can become the slick-haired, good-looking dandy he's always wanted to be. With stained black teeth. This may be my favorite boss fantasy to date. Well, finding the blueberries takes some trouble. Until Torchic puts its stomach to the test, it finds blueberries on a high ridge hanging off this one little branch off a bush. But how to get them down? It's too high for Torchic. It exhausts itself trying. It's like, you know, you know your trainer is looking for these berries. If you just told her, I bet she could reach them, like... Communication saves a lot of problems in Advanced Generation, that's why we're going to have a whole movie about it someday. But yeah, eventually May and the others find Torchic and see it found the berries, and I'm sure they think Torchic was noble, looking to help, but I'm not sure Torchic was ever planning to share. But that's not the problem. Torchic makes it up to the little bush, finally, but the branch holding the blueberries snaps and Torchic falls. Beautifly saves Torchic. But the one who saves the berries is Drew. When did he get here? But he is here, in all his condescending glory. And he says if May wants the berries, she'll have to battle with him first. And while they battle, Team Rocket will steal the berries. It works out for everyone. 
So now we have a battle of Beautifly versus a very sparkly Rosalia. And May tries, but is very quickly owned by Rosalia. Petal Dance, Stun Spore, Rosalia even has a type disadvantage. Like, this is kind of embarrassing. But not just embarrassing for May. I mean, Drew knows May's a beginner. I don't know what he thinks he's proving by humiliating someone that's obviously gonna lose. Like, he's just being a jerk. Anyway, Beautifully looks down and out, and Rosalia comes in for the final attack, but with May's urging, it is able to rise back to its metaphorical feet. And May's friend's reminder of Mr. Big's advice, keep your cool, stay calm, don't rush it because you're scared. So May tries to stay calm, and Beautifully counters Magical Leaf with a silver wind timed at just the perfect moment. But just as May seems to be racking up some points finally... Brock notices Team Rocket has hooked the blueberries with a fishing line and has reeled them into the balloon. <laughs> well, time for a break in the battle. We gotta go deal with this. May tells Drew, basically, we've got more important things to do than to battle you. So, after the blueberries, they go. It might be more difficult than first thought, since Team Rocket came prepared with a little lightning rod thing to absorb Pikachu's energy. Team Rocket's getting quite the distance lead, and Ash and Pikachu can't break through that. None of Mayor Brock's Pokémon have super great distance shots, not at, not at that length. And then, breaking through is Solar Beam, obliterates the lightning rod. May turns around and finds Drew behind her. He's like, not sure what's going on, but happy to assist. <laughs> So from there, Pikachu and Rosalia together are able to finish off Team Rocket, the bad guys go blasting off, and Torchic saves the falling blueberries by jumping off a cliff to grab them. Beautifully has to save it again. This team. <laughs> well, back to Drew. He's uh, still condescending as all get out, but he has shown a more helpful side of himself, so May's probably got mixed feelings towards him. And he's kind of dialed back his jerk factor like a notch. Not a ton, but like there seems to be a hint of respect somewhere in that mess of ego and misogyny. So <laughs> Drew says they'll have to meet and have a real battle at the Pokemon contest. Assuming May even makes it that far. Uh, this kid is trying so hard to be Gary. It's just... He's not as awesome as Gary. Also not quite as reprehensible as Gary was in the very beginning, but that was a really low bar to pass. <laughs> anyway, at final tally, I wouldn't say May likes this guy in any positive sense, but I do think she's looking forward to seeing him again, so that's something. The complicated rival feelings are in full force. And that night, they get a presentation of Mr. Big's fireworks. I don't know the full situation, but his elder or, or the committee member or whoever seems pleased with the results, so yay. The kids love watching the fireworks shaped like Pokemon. They ooh and ah from the beach. Drew and Rosalia watch from a ridge a bit away, and everyone thinks of the competition tomorrow. And next episode, we're going to start that competition. It's kind of an odd episode, I think, this one. Like, the situation, not so much. Like, it's a pretty common filler episode plot. Like, you know, May's Pokemon screws something up and they have to help the character of the day, etc. 
But for introducing the rival, I don't feel like we really got to know a lot about Drew. I don't feel like we got to know a lot about Pokemon contests, etc. Like, I can't quite put my finger on what's exactly is weird about it, but... But if it were me, I'd want to give it a second draft. Like, it just feels like something in this episode's script and blocking is not doing its job. Like, I don't know if the episode should have been all about Drew and May and Pokemon contests and the like, or if it would have been better to meet Drew in the episode that comes next. I'm not quite sure exactly, but it does feel... Something about this episode, like it's being pulled in two directions and then neither is really served. But as far as meeting your rival character, we could have done worse. And we definitely do know a fair bit about Drew off the bat. I joke when I call him poor man's Gary, but I don't think that's an insult to the writing. I think as we get to know him better and take a deeper look, the parts of him that are lacking in comparison to a character like Gary, who has a lot of similarities but is just more totally over-the-top awesome, I think Drew's failings is where his merits as a character will come to light. And already in this first episode, like, he is egotistical and self-centered, but he's a little quicker to take a step towards May and show her a little respect. Like, he won't get off his high horse, but he's not opposed to showing a little credit where credit is due. And I wouldn't say, and that definitely doesn't excuse a lot of his behavior, but it does make him slightly less awful. And gives me hope that over the course of time, he will continue to improve upon his person and be a halfway decent member of society by the time we make it to the end of this. Anyway, if you have thoughts about Drew, you should write in to Podcast at gmail.com or comment on our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com, where you can also find links to PokePress and Steven's video about Drew and Harley and impacts that may have had on the franchise. Not only can you comment on these episodes, but if you want to be like a Nagai champion, you can send me fanfics about topics covered in these episodes. Truly, I love a good fanfic and will never say no to that. You can also communicate with me on Facebook or Twitter at PCAPI Podcast with whatever other thoughts or inspirations these episodes have given you. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to y'all next time. This has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs>